Welcome to episode 219 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian, Electric Chair Sharply. Hello! And Matt, the Mutilator Cassell. I was already the Mutilator. You weren't the Mutilator. Yes, I was for the very first McSauce. No, I look back tonight. You were something very close to that. How about Mad Dog? Matt Cassell? Ian, you sounded like you were part of a barbershop quartet. Yeah? The way you introduced yourself. A nice tremolo in your vocal. I was getting shocked. I I got it. Oh. I thought it was funny. I was shocked. It was shock therapy. It is Monday night, October 23rd. And tonight, to wrap up our final Nixostober of the 2017 calendar year, we reach, we reach out to you, the mix From beyond listener, the grave! And bring you a <laughs> special Halloween edition of the Dealy Cheely Wheelie, the McSauce Dealer's Choice Wheel. We've got questions up and down the gamut of Halloween spookiness. And before we wheel the wheel out, we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Wheel out from the, the McSauce Crypt. It's covered in cobwebs. It's, it's made of stone. Could use some WD-40 on it. It's pretty creaky, but, you know, it's old and haunted. Old and haunted, just like McSauce.com. The old website. We've had this website since, I think, 2008. Or wait, not, no. 2010, no. probably. But we've been doing the strip since 2008. Yeah. Yeah. You can find them there. You can find the whole archive of the webcomic that Paul and myself do. You also can check out the podcast that you're listening to right now that Matt rides along and we have the the three amigos of the McSauce brand here on the podcast and also the reviews. Paul does that all by himself. Handles that department of checking on the comic books that we from time to time talk about. Talk about some books. You can talk to us a variety of different ways. You can go on the Facebook page. You can comment on our YouTube videos. You can also go on Instagram. And now the new and improved McSauce Twitter. You can tweet at us. You can like things. You can suggest stuff. Just like how we have suggestions this week for the wheel. The, the uh, I'm trying to think. the what's a, what's a haunted W word? The uh, witchy, witchy wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, social media. Matt, don't shake your head. You didn't offer up any W words. You can always hit us up, and uh, from time to time, we we ask for your help. And this is one of those episodes that wouldn't be anything without the fans giving their two cents. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into some uh, haunted dealer's choice wheel tonight. Do we want to run down the list of questions? Absolutely. Dan from the Comic Book Pit podcast asks uh, that you, you have to pick one of these. Would you rather have your house decorated for Halloween all year round? Or eat a cup of candy corn every day. That seems like a callback to uh, previous podcasts. Our good friend Ethan asks, 
What's the cutoff age for trick or treating? That's a good one. Larry Ganny from the Guest Room Podcast. Who would win in a cage match featuring Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger? Pete Harmich asks, was there ever a scary movie that any of you watched that scared the bejesus out of you so much that you couldn't watch the movie again? If so, what movie? Josh Donaldson asks, are fast zombies acceptable? If so, under what circumstances? Jeff from Arkham Gift Shop asks, what's your go-to scary movie? And why? And why? Jason Kumpf Miller asks, and happy birthday, you scumbag. <laughs> the supernatural is already a is already in a way prevalent in the Star Wars universe, vis-a-vis the Force and Force Ghosts. Would a horror movie work in the Star Wars universe? And what would a good plot be? That's a pretty good one. Eli Atara has two. What scares you the most that you can talk about? And <laughs> Favorite memorable Star Wars themed Halloween memory or moment. Our good buddy and uh, was a, he was a guest. He's always a contributor on this show. He hasn't been on in a long time. But Justin, he asks, what type of candy did you covet the most during your childhood Halloween excursions? Was acquiring a massive amount of candy even relevant, or was it just about putting on the costume? And was there a costume that you dreamed about wearing for Halloween that never came to fruition? So those are the those are the questions. Thanks. Shout out to the fans. Thank you very much for always responding when we're in a time of need and helping to make this wonderful show. I don't show. know if it's so much a time of need as it is we really enjoy. Doing, I really enjoy doing these episodes. I like getting fans involved. You know, we always get some stuff that we're not gonna think of, and it's a. I like it. it keeps us on our toes. Mm-hmm. Keeps us nimble, and lithe. Well, do we want to spin the wheel and get the show on the road? You want to WD-40 that that wheel up real quick, Ian? All right. Do we have any, or do I just need to use this bucket of blood? (laughs) Yeah, use that. Okay, I'll throw some of that on there. Slosh, slosh. (laughs) All right. I'm going to spin it, okay? We have landed on Dan from the Comic Book Pit podcast. His I think question. That was the first one we read tonight. Yeah. The wheel works in mysterious ways. All right. You have to pick one. Would you rather have your house decorated for Halloween all year round or have to eat a cup of candy corn every day? Um, Paul, we'll go to you because you're. I think I know where you stand on this already. But Decorated house, candy corn's disgusting. I would rather have my house decorated all year for Halloween than eat one 
cup full of candy corn. Not just every day, but just one one period. cup period. Yeah, just once. yeah. By the time I got to like day three, like I, I'd get it to my mouth and I would vomit. Yeah, just the smell of that compressed sugar. <clears throat> I I wouldn't even be able to get it down. I to, agree. Like having to do that every day, like three hundred sixty-five cups of candy corn. That's fucking disgusting. You'd probably rot your teeth. <laughs> it. It's kind of an easy question because, like, you'd be so grossed out by the end of the year to have to actually eat it. It would be such a horrible thing to have to look forward to. It'd be like, oh, crap. Now I got to eat my candy corn for the day. When would you do it if you had to do it? Would you do it in the morning? Would you get it over with right away? Would it be a bedtime snack? I think I would probably start out strong, you know, assuming we start (laughs) in October where I'd, I'd crush it. In the first hour of the day, but then you'd have some coffee <laughs> and have your candy corn. Dip my candy corn in my yeah. coffee. Would you start getting creative and have like candy corn on toast and like candy melt corn, it. candy corn melt sandwich, it melted can candy corn, so you could just like take a quick little little can you do sip that? of it? Can yeah. You, can you break down your cup of candy as long corn as it's throughout cu- the day? Yeah. Yeah. The the um, who, whoever is doing this was because I'm assuming you know because this is the McSauce comic book podcast and I'm assuming this is um, for fear of death that you, <laughs> yeah. so the candy corn executioner the, <laughs> but see that's that like I'm thinking of it the other way for that okay. reason I think the hard and fast no nonsense McSauce rules you have to eat that cup of candy corn no fucking around. I mean, how much better is it to have melted candy corn or? Oh, it's it's hor- It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, I don't think it's not a very flexible meal. So it's I think it's just if, melted wax. Yeah, <laughs> melted <laughs> wax and sugar. I would probably allow, uh, like, eating the cup throughout the day. You could have you get, a, a piece an hour and buy, uh, right, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. a little scoop an hour or, yeah. or something. A piece yeah, an right. hour, dude. How many pieces is that? In it's a, a lot. It's a That's fucking a lot. lot. Like yeah. a cup. A cup is I a know lot. What a, yeah. Right. There's there's probably more than 30, 24. 30 right? pieces of candy okay. corn in a cup. Two, okay, fuck. Then two pieces and you stay up all day. <laughs> <laughs> so disgusting. Yeah. Um, I like candy corn. I am on the record as being a candy corn. Activist, I preach the gospel of the candy corn, not just candy corn, but Indian corn, uh, the fruit candy corns, all the candy corns. But yeah, fuck no, that would be disgusting. <laughs> I would fucking hate that. I hate that even thinking about think, it. It's ruining it right now for me I to want, think about having to eat it that much. I want everyone to have to do it. I want everyone in the world to have to do this. So that everyone gets sick of it and they can stop fucking making it. And we can finally be done with this bullshit, quote unquote. Imagine how fat we would get that year. Oh my God. Well, we wouldn't have any teeth. It would be like meth. You were right. It would (laughs) rot your teeth out. We'd just be gumming this podcast. The whole whole world, if the whole world had to do it, Uh there'd be no teeth and lots of fat. We would officially pull the earth off its axis. So that's three no's. Thanks. Thanks, though, Dan. <laughs> Looks like it's going to be uh, haunted butlers and cobwebs in July. <laughs> Paul, you want to give that wheel a spin? Yeah, let's make this thing happen.
That was a hearty spin. That's how I do. All right, we're going to go with Eli Atara's second question, which is favorite memorable Star Wars themed Halloween memory or moments? Do either of you have one in the chamber? You got, have, yeah, got I've, one locked and loaded? Yeah, I have two. Um, I One of them, real briefly, I really liked a couple of years ago when you and I, Paul, dressed up as oh, Han Solo yeah. and Lando. I thought that was That's a good fun. One. We have some pictures. Maybe we'll break them out. You for, forgot about it, didn't you, Paul? He, he did. Uh, I, was, I was thinking strictly childhood memories, but yeah. Oh, so memories way to, way to break out at of the, the age box. of 18. <clears throat> Just like yes. your love for things. Yes. But, uh... No, my, no. It goes into my 20s. <laughs> my favorite memory is dressing up as Luke Skywalker when I was, I think it was three or four whenever Jedi came out, and wearing the, you know, the black cape, and my parents got me the big, heavy green lightsaber that they got <laughs> yeah. with a, like, real solid substantial um Where lightsaber the, base the end of the blade had the the cross at the top to make the wind go through it yeah yeah so it yeah. would make lightsaber noises uh-huh. so that was Man, i would I say that so that was my favorite those. yeah i had um uh, i think i only ever had two we had darth vader darth vader's lightsaber and then luke's green one um so yeah that that would have to be my favorite memory um i always remember my my cousins telling me that I wasn't allowed to be Luke Skywalker because I'm a little brown kid and I had to be Lando. Your cousins suck. And my parents allowed me to be Luke. But then years later, I embraced were, my were these your my inner cousins? Calrissian. No, these were my white cousins. Oh, those right? sons of bitches. Ah, it's, it's all good. They're good Fair, guys. In fairness, I would have made the same rule. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Matt, Matt, do you have a memory? Uh, sort of. I never dressed up as a Star Wars character. I don't think I've ever... Wait, what? Ever? I, I don't think ever. Fuck! I <laughs> I know. My brother was Darth Vader when we were very young. My mom used to make our costumes. She mm-hmm. would, like, sew them and everything. And I remember that my brother had a one of those plastic masks with the rubber band around the, the back of it. And you mean the razor wire? <laughs> yeah. That was held by a staple on each side. <laughs> to your skull. <laughs> uh, I remember, uh, on if I remember correctly, it was a, bl- a black dress shirt that my brother had on. Uh, and, and my mom had sewn some, like, little chain and a couple red buttons. And I don't mean, like buttons that you press I mean buttons that you sew on and um, he had a cape over it Uh, it was pretty cool for a homemade thing I think he wore like winter boots black winter Mm. boots Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure some kind of black pants but uh, I do remember that I I know that we have photos of it uh, somewhere in the uh, in the Casal photo archives but 
I, I no, I've never dressed up as Dude, that is and, a revelation. Yeah, and and I've never much affiliated Star Wars with Halloween. Like, I guess I sometimes think of the little sequence from uh, E.T. when um, they're trick or treating and coming toward them as as Yoda, and then because John Williams wrote the music for both of those movies, he played the like a real quick snippet of the Yoda theme, which is pretty cool. Um, that is the extent of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Like, I don't, wow. I never That's amazing. dressed up as a Star Wars character. I've never Maybe cosplayed or anything. Yeah. Maybe my Star Wars fandom was at its zenith whenever I was a kid and you guys just kind of, like I, I held at a certain amount of Star Wars fandom and you guys kind of, Kept going. I don't know. I, I like. I, I want to say that I had the X-wing Luke Skywalker costume with the the you know plastic, the plastic uh, you know bodysuit and the mm-hmm. razor wire staples mask. <laughs> but I, I don't think I had any Star Wars costumes because I always wanted to be Luke, yeah. and all of those costumes had to be licensed. So it was always Vader and three PO and yeah. stormtroopers. Like there was never. You never had Luke as an option. Yeah, I just wore a uh, black black outfit and a black hood hood that my mom probably put together and the lightsaber. I will share a Halloween costume memory in place of a Star Wars memory is that I had the Optimus Prime costume with the razor wire mask. I had and that the plastic, one too. Yeah, the plastic jumpsuit. Yeah, and I got the most use out of it through the next year because it was like greased lightning going down <laughs> the carpeted steps in my house <laughs> wearing that rubber jump, that plastic jumpsuit. Yeah. It was so they've, slick and fast. It's a wonder since, I didn't break my neck. They've since replaced the plastic jumpsuit and razor wire mask with staples in your head with uh, padded muscles. Everything is padded yeah. muscles now. Uh, but no, we had to rely on our own muscles under that tarp. I um, was not Optimus Prime, and I wasn't uh, any kind of Star Wars character, but I did have the He-Man outfit, and I was very proud of that. Yeah, that as well. Okay. A couple He-Men running around. Matt, do you want to give the wheel a spin? Thank you, Eli. Sure. Our good friend and uh, another person that has recently been on this podcast, Jeff from Arkham Gift Shop. What's your go-to scary movie? Matt, take it away. Thank you, Jeff, for the inspired submission tonight. Uh, So I don't interpret this necessarily as what's your favorite Halloween movie. It's your go-to. It's the one that that you have to watch every year. It's just tradition, right? Uh, So for me, while it's not my favorite horror movie, that's either Night of the Living Dead or Halloween, I'm still torn. I haven't been able to figure it out. So you're interpreting this as just Halloween movie? Uh, 
yeah. not scary movie. Because he says go to scary he movie. He does say scary movie. Okay, well, in that case. So you need to pick scary movie because that's the question. Fuck. You know what? Let's, Do you uh, want to pass, Paul? Let, let me pass. You seem to have a good handle on the rules of this <clears throat> question. Um, I don't have I don't have a movie that I need to watch like every year. But if I was gonna watch one, it would be Hostel. Hostel's my go-to. Go-to. Yeah. Love uh-huh. the boobies in the beginning. Love the terror, terrifying murder in the end, and I love that dude gets away at the end, even though they. Turn that on its ear and hostile too, which doesn't count in my book. Yeah, but it's the same director and writer, so it kind of. I know. Like I it, know. Like I get it when the sequel movie is done by a completely different team of people, and it's not the, even the same writer. Then I can kind of rectify that in my head. Like, okay, I'm not going to count that one. But it, when it's the same people making it, that means it's legit. Let me ask you this. I, I this is one a of deep the reasons cut. I really liked Hostels because they didn't they didn't do like the shock ending where right before credits right. the hero dies. He right. actually gets away. Right. And I, agree. I, I, I thought it was different. It was unique because the whole time you're expecting, oh, someone's gonna right. get him. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. So I thought it was cowardice in the beginning of the second one that then right. th- then they you know the second the other movie shoe falls. The second movie or the yeah, the second movie starts the way that traditionally the first movie would have ended. Yeah, it's almost of, like they turned the cameras off a little too soon for that right. that the proper ending that you know, or the predictable ending. Right. So here's a little bit of a deep cut. Uh, going back to that, I, this has nothing to do with Halloween, but it does have to do with does the second one count? Ian, do you remember the great '80s? Uh, jet fighter pilot movie series Iron Eagle. I know of it. Paul, you remember it, right? Louis Gossett Jr., yeah. L- yeah, some people like to call him Louis, but that's okay. That's people that Lord aren't Rose. his friends, apparently. Me and Louis. Louis. You didn't even know that no, series I, <clears throat> co-starred a black man. No. So, I, come on. That was the first person that... I can that, call him what the fuck I want. That's the first person that came to mind, but I don't think I've seen these movies now, I, I don't know that there were multiple yeah there were movies uh lewis gossett jr is the only name in the movie that i can remember so now, how dare you make him a co-star you fuck he was the star right no no there was a there oh god damn it in <laughs> it was a white kid as the of as course the star this was the 80s. Lewis, Do you think they're giving starring duties to a black lewis guy? gossett jr was was the the mentor Type, this like, isn't Tyler Perry's Iron character. Eagle. <laughs> um, so in Iron Eagle one, mm-hmm. they establish this young whippersnapper as the main hero, and he saves the day. And then he bites it in the very beginning of the sequel. Ian, you're probably not the right person to ask, but was the sequel made by the same people? That I, I would one? be the wrong person to ask. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. But yeah, Lou, I mean, look, you had the other, the other seminal uh, 80s jet fighter pilot movie um, of the time in Top Gun. You had uh, the, the bald principal from Back to the Future as kind of like the the general in charge. I will take the bald black man, Louis Gossett Jr., after 
Principal Strickland any day. How does this relate in any way to scary movies and Halloween? What was the question again? It was. What's your go-to scary movie? I was trying to buy time. Do you, would you like me to go? I. I. It's going to be brief. Yeah. I don't really rewatch horror movies all that much. Mm-hmm. I. Yes. Iron Eagle two, written and directed by the same same couple guy. People, couple guys. I don't feel like I go back and watch a lot of horror movies. I. <laughs> During Halloween, me and my mm-hmm. wife used to go to the Blockbuster and rent a bunch of horror movies that maybe we haven't seen before, but I don't rewatch a lot of right. them. Uh, but one that I think I've watched a few times is the uh, the recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Jessica Biel Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I also own The Ring, and I've watched The Ring a whole bunch of times, mm-hmm. so I would say pro- probably a tie between those two films. Okay. What was the last time you watched either one of them? Uh, what was the most recent one you watched? I think I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre last year mm-hmm. because they were having a marathon mm-hmm. and they played not only that one, but they also played the one with Jordan, Baird. Mm. Jordana Brewster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which one's that? That's the second one, the second one which is the essentially beginning. the same thing. Oh. It's the same movie with yeah. different people. Uh, really? But Basically. it's supposed to happen it's the prequel. before. Yeah. Right, yeah. Does does it feel like the f- the first movie? Oh, so much oh, so that it's yeah. the same plot points over again okay. with different actors. So yeah, so much so that there's a blonde guy in both movies, and I don't know which blonde guy is from which. <laughs> yeah, movie. but yeah. does the the beginning one have a scene with like where there where the kids in the cop car with the mm. sheriff? Yeah. I think, yeah, oh like my God. it's. I it, think it, I, I, think I it's, remember it as being beat for beat, almost I think it's the same. A little thing. different because in the second one, aren't they're actually in the back of the cop car with him? But in the first one, they're hiding in that van. Yeah. When uh, Arlie Ermy comes out. Oh, I thought he was. I thought when he smashes the bottle across the kid's face, they were in the cop car by then. Mm, I, I, I thought they were hiding. That. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Them in the, but it's in it's the very it, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The beginning is very similar. And I saw that they there's a there was a Leatherface movie that just recently came out. Yeah, I didn't see it. It wasn't very good. No, no. Yeah, it looked once again beat for beat the same fucking. Yeah, thing. I think what you have to do with these remakes, it's like okay, you can you can kind of use the original as kind of the launch pad for your new franchise for revitalizing it but i think when you start getting into the sequel you have to kind of really blaze your own trail a little bit as opposed to just doing either a remake of that first one again or doing a remake of whatever the sequel was so i'm sorry i just got a little bit distracted so so, uh there's a Haunted photo shoot going on right now. <laughs> so you guys um, are like the worst professionals. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, wait, you're you never even pay attention half the time. So, Matt, did you fucking spin and waste enough time yet? Yeah, yeah, Do you have yeah, one? Yeah. Um, it it's gotta be Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. There's something about Night of the Living Dead. You are distracting me with that camera. I know I'm not much of a professional, <laughs> but Jesus Christ. Everyone sit on your hands. <laughs> Matt can't think when shit's moving around the room. I can't think when you're shoving Jesus your camera Christ. in my face. 
Don't pay attention to it. I didn't know Focus. I was at a photo shoot. Focus. Okay, so Night of the Living Dead is great for many reasons. One, because it's just like the greatest horror movie of all time. I love the black and white nature of it. I love the fact that it has a very classic feel to it. Everything from the very beginning of it, when Johnny, Barbara's brother, does that, they're coming to get you, Barbara, and and the music that kind of overlays over it is so, like, it's such a classic Halloween sound that even if you're not watching it, it's just good to have it in the background while you're carving that pumpkin, while you're eating those candy corns. <laughs> you're eating your daily <laughs> dose of candy corn or you're cooking your candy corns to put on. <laughs> you're having. You're ladling out your candy corn soup. <laughs> so gross. What do you break it's, up in candy? Do you break candy, you don't break up crackers candy, in candy corn soup? It's candy corn chowder. It has, oh my god! It has to be warm too to keep it at a liquid. It's like bubbling. Oh my god! It would burn the skin off your face. Candy corn chowder. All right, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Thank you, Jeff. Matt, do you want to spin ye old wheel? Do I ever? I just have to get up and walk over to it. Hang on one second. Okay. All right, our good buddy Ethan sent in, what's the cutoff age for trick or treating? I was really interested in getting this question. Me too. I'm excited about it because I feel like we're going to be killing some kids with our (laughs) brutality. Halloween justice. Let me tell you something. I don't mean to, to go off the rails here on this question, Ethan, but I'm not so much concerned with age as I am in participation. If you're going to go door to door with your sack or pillowcase to get free candy from strangers, you better be dressed up. Right. So if you show up and you're just carrying a sack and that's your costume, or you have a fake mustache and that's your costume, or you're wearing a Steelers jersey, <laughs> a Martavis Bryant jersey, if you will, and that's your costume, that is unacceptable. I'm the ghost of Team Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> also, you may not double dip. That is an even more egregious offense. Have you had double dippers? Have you witnessed double dipping? Well, um, I... Don't remember specifically like at my house ever handing out candy. However, I have handed out candy uh, at various stores that I've worked in in the malls. And I always get double dippers. And usually the non-costume wearing ones are the ones that will come back and double dip. Unacceptable. Mm. I know they're a little young but I have this thing called theater justice just waiting for them. Double dip. Halloween justice. Halloween justice. 
Yeah, here, I got, I here, trick or treat, how about a trick? Put their head in the guillotine. Surprise! That's right, that's your trick, bitch. Take your kid's body off of my porch. And then, and then I'm going to take their head and shove it in, this, in, in the pillowcase and throw it at the parent and be like, teach this kid not to double dip and show him what a real costume is. Now he's horrifying. Now I'll take him door to door. <laughs> now he's dead. You got any more kids? Now you can Teach wheel him, him to the fucking ne- Halloween now, manor. Now you can wheel him to the next house and they're actually going to be like, oh, that's a hell of a costume. Yeah, because it's real. <laughs> or you could is as, that, as is, a warning you could put their heads on spikes outside of your house is that punishment for poor parenting you have to wheel your child's <laughs> headless corpse around the rest of the neighborhood to yes! to show the the, the, the it's it's the yeah. next step in the evolution of the scarlet letter yeah. like having to wear the a as shame so you are shamed as a parent. Do we have to provide the wheelbarrows to like have the to, to like? I would gladly the, do yeah. that. You just go to Home Depot and like, I how gladly. can I buy this shit in bulk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy ten wheelbarrows, get an axe for free. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, going back to the candy corn question. Oh, fuck that question! I want to kill some kids. Well, this, this is going to tie in. Uh, oh, going okay. back to Good. My the candy corn question lust. and how like how I want to play hard with the rules. Right. You know, candy corn, you don't get to fuck around with it. You get one. You have to eat the cup. Like you know, boom. Also with age, I think there's a little bit of leeway. We'll get to that, but I think age twelve, that's it. Really? Yeah, you get. That's um, awfully. Young. You turn thirteen and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Once you become an actual teenager, you're done. I will allow mental illness <laughs> to, t- to take you past. What is, you that a one, is that a one year pass? <laughs> I will allow mental illness. <laughs> How do you have to show like <laughs> your disability card if or have, if you have Down syndrome and you're you're physically 12, oh you're not mentally 12. Right, right. Why does it's, this feel so much worse than killing kids? I don't know. This does. It seems way darker. Um, but I know everyone understands what I'm saying. There are allowances for the 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 age, but yeah, I think you turn 13, you're done. You're done trick or treating. Paul, let me ask you this: How old were you the last time you went trick or treating? Um, I think I was. I think I was 16. Yeah, I would have been sixteen, but I was dragged out by my friends at the time, and I I don't think I think eleven or tw- ten or eleven was the last time I actually went trick or treating, and then I took like six years off, and then my friends dragged me out that year. I think that you can. I will give trick or treating up until sixteen, up until you're driving, up until you should have better things to do on Halloween. I will give you that leeway because what what are those? early teenagers to do maybe they still want to trick-or-treat when you're 13 they're maybe fucking still... online now ages are different now than they were when we were kids they're... they've got pl- 13 year olds have plenty to do they've now <laughs> then trick-or-treating they've been fucking since they were 11 they're bored they want to go trick-or-treat i'm gonna give it i'm not saying you have to you don't have to i'm just saying you're allowed until driving age 16 that's whenever i'm cutting you off okay Matt? Right, so you can go up until 15? 
Yeah, 15, that's your last year, that's right. you get retired. I at totally 15. accept that. Now, I think I was 13 the last year that I went. I had just thir- turned 13 or thurned 13. Uh you thurned 13. <laughs> I thurned 13. When uh I was going to say when I was 13. Um I thurned 13 when I was 13. <laughs> Who's offensive now? I was just See, saying it you'd as still Matt. be allowed to trick or treat. I, I was just saying it as Matt. <laughs> so uh, when I was in eighth grade, thirteen years old, it was the it was the Halloween where it snowed like crazy. Right before this whole global warming thing, right. where it's basically ninety degrees on Halloween now. Or or Matt. our alternate calendar theory that we came up. No, we'll, that Matt came up with. <laughs> Before we recorded, it was, I entertained it for a second. <laughs> it was just a question. It was a question. I wasn't saying, hey, this is definitive. I was just wondering. You know who else is wondering? That rapper that thinks the earth is flat and he's trying to prove it. You know what's his name? His name is, I was going to say Fabulous, but it's not that dude. So anyway, I, I, I think 15 about. is an appropriate age. I think I was 13 when I was done. I remember the, the last year I didn't go. The reason why I didn't go was because it was in 1995. It was when Batman Forever had just come out on tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom picked it up for me on her way home from work. She came home. I was real excited to watch it with my dad and watch this movie together. He falls asleep in the first 10 minutes. But I, I soldiered on and finished watching it myself. He, Batman Forever. He almost didn't get to any of the good freeze puns or anything. Like no, no, that. that was Batman and Robin. Bat- oh, Forever. Batman. Yeah, Forever's good. Well, it's better than Batman and Robin, and and it actually has Halloween in the movie. If you remember. Two-Face and the Riddler show up at Wayne Manor trick-or-treating. No, this movie sucks. What am I talking about? I, no, I... They I, show up I, as impo- clearly 16-year-old trick-or-treaters. Oh, they would show up... If Alfred would have held true to the Halloween guillotine... He the Halloween-a-teen? Yeah. <laughs> he would have not had any trouble. <laughs> not to veer too far off topic, but I think Batman Forever is a better movie than Batman Returns. Hogwash. Yeah, I think, I think I there's a case. Like, I do think there's a case to be made. I think there is too. I, this is not the episode to, to dig into this, but I think there's this could an be absolute, a, this could be its own episode. But yeah, there's an absolute case to be made. I think we need to rewatch them again. I remember the last That's time fair. that I watched all of them, I did come away with Forever isn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be, and Returns is a little bit worse. But. I think we did that. We watched, didn't we watch all the Batman movies like mm, fifteen didn't, years ago at this point? Didn't we, oh, because shit. we yeah, remember we, we watched all the Superman. Yeah, it's time for a revisit. Yeah. Why don't we? Uh, so Matt, give us an age before uh, we finish up. This fifteen. Question. Fifteen is the the last year you can you can treat. Yeah, treat. You if you're okay sixteen, you do it. Yeah, that was my original judgment. So fifteen. Right. So fifteen, fifteen, and 15 what twelve? Right? Yeah. I'll allow. I'll allow fifteen. Okay. But you'll take a mentally challenged 16-year-old. That's okay. For one year. Well, that's a case-by-case basis. Depending on the severity of the illness. Yeah, or how... Or the challenge Or, or their, their mental age. I'm the one being open here. And you guys are like, nope, you're retarded in 15, you're dead. <laughs> Spin the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Larry Ganny of the Guest Room Podcast and good friend of the McSauce Podcast asks, who would win in a cage match featuring Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger? Didn't that cage match already happen? In uh, Freddy versus Jason? Okay, maybe not. I mean, it was... Freddy versus Jason already happened, and we know who won. Right. Who won? We know. I, did, I never saw that. The fans. Do you, want, you never saw it? I went to go see that in theaters. No, I, I did I, too, man. Opening night. Mm-hmm. Or, well, actually, opening. we went in the morning. Opening morning. I think yeah, we might have went that Friday night, I think. I never saw any of that junk. No. Who wins? It, Mr. It, Mr. Highbrow over here. <laughs> it was junk, admittedly. Uh, I didn't think it was as big a piece of junk as... It really was, but yeah, it was. I watched. I rewatched it this Friday the thirteenth. It's fucking terrible. Do I need to Google who wins? Or are you going to tell me? Uh, we'll tell you. Spoilers, everyone. Jason wins. Paul, you look like the you, champion of the world. You do not accept this winner. From what I know of both mythologies, uh, Freddy Krueger seems to be. Uh, a more powerful supernatural entity. Jason just has the power to not die. That's like, a pretty important re- thing to take into the cage. But if, like, you know, Freddy can just keep his, like, head off his body, he should be fine. That That's a tricky one when you're in a cage match. Well, and Freddy does also, have magical he's also powers. capable or, of, like, bending reality. Right. Well, how about this? Why don't we get... Why don't we get the white mask in the room out of here first? Uh, Michael Myers probably wouldn't make it too far against either one of these. He's a reg- regular right? guy, no super regular dude, right? No reincarnation abilities, right? Can't enter your dreams, right? Like I would put Michael Myers in a cage match with uh, maybe Leatherface first, right. but Jason and Freddy. That's are... like the the like first. It's a playing game. The first card, yeah. <laughs> The Who wins in that one? Uh, probably Leatherface. Yeah. Leather. Okay. So He's le- got that camera, so I would imagine. <laughs> What's it sound like? <laughs> okay, so I think that um, Leatherface might wear himself out. Leatherface can probably still trick or treat. Oh, how dare mental. you? Because he's retarded. Well. You realize that Michael Myers was in an in like a mental facility for his for most did, of his didn't, life. For, didn't Jason also have some problems? Oh, he had problems. So all three of them can go <laughs> trick or treating. <laughs> How fucking horrific! But Get the Halloween teen out. Michael Myers isn't <laughs> trick or treat eligible. He had homicidal tendencies. Okay. Leatherface was like. Slow, right? So was Jason, right? I don't. Or he don't was know. deformed. I thought he was just deformed. Want... I didn't think he was slow. I thought he had some kind of mental thing going on there too, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I mean, apparently, Freddy versus Jason proves me wrong, but I think this is slam dunk for Freddy. I think he gets Jason all like Michael Myers is out right away, and I think he gets Jason all turned around. He doesn't know what's what, and Freddy just goes after him. Well, how do the Dream Warriors in the third Nightmare on Elm Street beat? Don't they drag him? They drag Freddy into the real world. 
What's stopping? I, I don't remember. What's honestly. stopping Jason Voorhees from doing that? I don't know. I don't know enough about these properties to really get into. What kind of fucking podcaster are? What kind of unprofessional podcaster are you? Well, why don't you guys enlighten me? <laughs> You're like a 16 year old trick or treater. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I buy Jason defeating Freddy. I, you know, as dumb as it was, okay, whatever. Well, how did you how how did you did he do it in the movie? They were able to get Freddy out of the dream world and into the real world in Dream and, Warriors, and they were no, no, no in, in this Freddy too. versus Jason, and, and they happened to also be at Camp Crystal Lake. They were at Camp Crystal Lake, and eventually, Jason just hacks <laughs> Freddy into pieces, hacks his arms off, and then he decapitates him. Uh, then they, I think, they fall into the water together um and then at the very end jason comes walking out of the of the lake holding freddy's severed head it's like waka 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 mm. i mean they they kind of portrayed jason as the good guy in that yeah movie. you were pulling for him which was very strange because so. here's the weird thing jason does all the killing in this movie like freddy kills basically nobody because in the beginning he hasn't gathered his strength enough to actually kill anyone like he can he can um freddy freddy can basically enter your dreams but he can't harm you because he goes to like kill somebody but Why? He, because he, he hadn't gathered his power because i guess he had um he was weakened from his previous movie whatever it was <laughs> freddy goes to hell or whatever and um is that one freddy goes to hell jason goes to hell is one is Freddy dead? Freddy may be dead. I don't know. There was the new nightmare, which I think they pretended didn't happen in the chronology. You yeah. Remember the new nightmare where everybody mm. was real and they kind of changed Robert England's makeup so that way he would look different. And mm -hmm. his, his, he didn't wear a glove anymore. His hand actually had the claws. Um, he was kind of cool, though, because he wore a trench coat. I think he still had the sweater, but he had a trench coat over it. The uniform the of all pedophiles. Yeah, right. <clears throat> but um, and McGruff, the crime dog. Oh yeah, oh. noted pedophile. Petophile. And yes, petophile. And uh, Constantine, also a pedophile. Also Castiel from Supernatural. Heavenly pedophile. So I. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with Jason. Jason. Jason's gonna win. Should they um, remake these movies? Should we get another Freddy vs. Jason? Maybe down the road. Maybe they can somehow make it make better sense than this one did. But I think they need to reestablish the brands um, independent independently because I think the remake of, from what I remember, Friday the Thirteenth is actually quite good. I like a running. And fierce Jason, I think that's actually pretty scary. Yeah, I remember that. That came out a number of years ago, and yeah, like I remember liking it as something. well. Yeah. The what did you think about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? I never saw it. Did you really? I went to the theaters to see that. I was going to, and I just didn't get around to it. And I, I, I just, I feel like every time I think of it, I'm not 
exactly in the mood for it yeah. now. I, I don't know. I get, And the fact that I haven't heard like, oh my God, it's so fucking good. You got to check it out. It was decent enough. If you're a fan of the brand, I think that you should see it just to kind of have it as something to look back on. It was, two it was years okay. ago. Two years ago, I rewatched A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, for mm-hmm. the first time in a long time. I didn't think it was that great. Like it was, it was good, and you have to put the caveat for the time, right? Yeah. But by today's standards, there are certain horror movies that I think do hold up. The, um, you're talking about the Jack Earl Haley? No, the no, original the Johnny on Elm Depp Street. one. Right. Uh, it, like I think Night of the Living Dead, which is what like 20 years older than A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. uh, is a significantly better movie. I think it holds up better. I think it's, I think it's probably scarier. Yeah. I just um, wrote a brief blog post today about how the Jack Earl Haley Nightmare on Elm Street is pretty forgettable. Really? I remember seeing it. I don't remember anything about it. Just like Avatar. I, I remember seeing it. I don't remember anything about it. The only thing I remember was that they explicitly made him a pedophile, which I think in the other tellings of Freddy, he's just a child murderer, but mm. I mean that—that's the only takeaway that I had. Oh, what's what's the actor's name again? J- Jackie, Jackie Earl, Earl Haley. Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, that just is a pedophile. That's way more of a pedophile name than Fred Krueger. Just saying. Well, it's all you know, the the th- three names. It's also like serial killer standard. Yeah, like John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, right. <clears throat> But anyway, uh, yeah, real quick for the undercard. Uh, I said Leatherface. I think I think it's going to be a war of attrition there, and I, I'm actually going to give it to Michael Myers. I think he has the stamina. I think... Um, is there a third Is there a third bracket? they're both it, going at each other with butcher knives, yeah. But if they're going with a knife and a chainsaw, Michael Myers, he still lasts like 10 seconds. The three of us could beat Michael Myers. Michael Myers has... He's he's not very flexible. He he doesn't get back on his heels very quickly. His lateral motion is poor. Leatherface can take a handful of stabbings before he chainsaws Michael Myers' torso off. Right. True. True. We have he's, a, a, he's a bigger guy. He's a little husky. I don't think he's in shape to go like fifteen rounds. Because Michael Myers is just you know he stings like a butterfly. He's gonna be More all so around that ring on his toes the whole time. I'm giving it to Michael Myers. You can, you have your pick. I got mine. All right, let's spin it again, shall we? We shall. Paul, you want to spin that thing? Absolutely. Jason Kumpfmiller. The supernatural is already, in a way, prevalent in the Star Wars universe vis-a-vis the Force and Force Ghosts. Would a horror movie work in the Star Wars universe, and what would a good plot be? Guys? No. Next no. question. Next no. question. Matt says No. I don't know what kind of horror movie they could 
what what they could do with it. I don't know what a good plot would be. Well, they made a book, uh, I don't know, a handful of years ago before the Disney acquisition. It was called Death Troopers. Yeah. It was about this derelict Star Destroyer that had some kind of virus on it. and mm. It's zombies meets stormtroopers, and it's supposed to be okay. Yeah. The concept sounds ridiculous to me. I feel like, to me, Star Wars is a fantasy story that it's it's not it's not even really sci-fi it's a fantasy story like they said they were going to make rogue one and it was going to have this military uh war-like kind of almost documentary style you know action to it and that didn't exactly appeal to me much like the han solo uh comedy hour doesn't appeal to me huh i think it called deaf deaf comedy Han. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think it is called that. Um, but I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of mixing genres, especially when it comes to something as sacred as Star Wars to me. So no, I don't. I don't want. I don't want comedies. I don't want um, war movies. I don't want horror movies. Just give me Star Wars: The Fantasy Saga. Uh, I mean, th- but that has like. That's basically my reaction to the spinoff movies. Like, I wasn't super jazzed about Rogue One until I started seeing shit for it. And I was like, okay, this looks kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that Rogue One actually pulled off some of the war aesthetic. And I think that they did what they set out to do. Maybe not documentary style. I never heard that personally. Yeah, well, uh, well, supposedly uh, Gareth Edwards achieved that. But... I think they realized, oh boy, this is really different from yeah. The Force Awakens. We need to really change this movie. So that's when they hired uh, Tony Gilroy, the second director. And mm-hmm. He came in and he basically changed over half of the movie and uh, brought it more in line with the traditional Star Wars tone, which I think is exactly what Ron Howard is doing or just did with the Han Solo movie. Or, I'm sorry, the Solo movie, a Star Wars story. What do you think about that title? It it's I it's fine. It's what it should be. It doesn't I read shit like oh that's yeah, that's real creative, so clever, blah blah blah. And I'm like sometimes the simplest answer <laughs> right. the simplest thing is the right answer. Why does it have to be clever? I'll give you clever, the Phantom Menace. How much do you like that fucking title? I like that title. I think people like the Phantom Menace title. It was fun, it was mysterious. It was I, spooky. Was it was the horror element when of I, Star Wars. When I first heard, when I first heard the Phantom Menace title, I, I was, <laughs> I was in a chat room, um, <clears throat> all those years ago, and and I knew so I knew like yeah, like the send nudes. No, 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 no. There, this kid, he was send like, I actually knew who he nudes. was, and he was like, I just found out the title of the new Star Wars movie. I was like, oh my god, what is it? What is it? And he types the Phantom Menace, and I'm like. He was like, hang on, let me finish beating off first. <laughs> and he and I'm like, I remember typing like, no, seriously, what is the title? I It never like registered that that could possibly be real. Yeah. Because I didn't get it by like any kind of official source. Somebody just told me and I just flat out didn't believe it. 
Yeah. So yeah, Han Solo, a Star Wars story, it it's what the title should be. Yeah. Just like when they do finally make the the Obi Wan movie, it's going to be called Kenobi, and that's what it should be fucking called. No, it's not. It's going to be called Ninety Four. <laughs> that's an inside joke. For those of you that don't know, go back and listen to two hundred and eighteen episodes of the McSauce Comp podcast. And we'll say Ninety Four a thousand times. At least ninety four times. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there are some, ho not horror aspects, but spooky stuff that happens in the Star Wars universe. Uh, the witches from the uh, animated series kind of come to mind. Not that I, I, I don't think I want to see any of that stuff. Right, though. you know what I mean. Always like, scary stuff. Yeah. In myth and fantasy, like Lord of the Rings, you have the the Black Riders. Mm-hmm. When they go into the into the spider lair. Like, it's all kind of cool, scary stuff, but it's not a horror story. Yeah. And, and I don't think there is a place for that in Star Wars. It, it, certainly not in, like, the, the movies. I mean, if they are going to do it in a movie, I guess it would have to be a spinoff. Like, I couldn't imagine them... Oh, for episode nine, let's make it a horror movie. Would you like maybe an anthology... TV series that that spun off and did no. some different things. No, no. Maybe, maybe, maybe a spinoff movie, one of the um, the Star Wars stories. But even then, it's like if you're gonna do that, I'd rather see. I don't know. Like I, I think there's other stuff I'd rather see than than shoehorning a genre into Star Wars because that's just not what Star Wars is. That's not what appeals to me about it. Just make mm -hmm. some other horror movie. Yeah. Somebody, you know what the horror movie that, this is totally going off the rails. The horror movie that I really want to see, Paul, I want to see Eli Roth's Thanksgiving made into a real feature length movie. It was one of the fake trailers that accompanied um the Grindhouse double feature that came out in 2007, or, mm -hmm. I think, uh, and in between the movies, they had these fake trailers, and one of them was called Thanksgiving. You know, the one fucking holiday that they haven't actually made a horror movie for. And Have they made a horror movie for Easter? Oh, God, yeah. Is they, it called The Passion of the Christ? <laughs> wow. Yeah, they've made, um, they've made like, uh, Easter-related ones. They've, they've they made April Fool's Day. Die these eggs! Oh shit! But um, so anyway, this this fake trailer Thanksgiving directed by Hostel's own Eli Roth. Mm. It's so good. How could why they made Machete? That was a fake trailer. Yeah, maybe Machete had more legs. I think there are. I think you can write a cool horror story in the Star Wars universe. Like, I think that the abandoned Star Destroyer idea is is a good start. I don't think it should be a movie. I think it could work as an episode of an anthology series. I think it could work as a run, as, as an arc in, like, a Han Solo book. You know, the there were a couple horror elements in... Firefly and Serenity, you know, in the movie they get to the the abandoned planet, and you know, they, you know, they find out that like everyone's being like turned into reavers or something there, and um, I'm not big on the zombie aspect of that, but I think, I think you could work out some some kind of virus story or some, you know, maybe it's a Boba Fett 
story and Boba Fett has, he's the one that's tasked to track down like some serial killer. I always think that the universe is so big that there are a lot of stories and a lot of different ways that you can tell those stories. And I think that Star Wars can encompass and, and carry the load of different genres. And, and, and maybe that's, that's something that's appealing to some people, not to everyone, but I would be, <laughs> I'd be in, if, if they did have like an anthology TV series for Star Wars, I would be into seeing different well, takes one on of, um, Star Wars. One of my favorite Star Wars stories is Charles Soule's Lando run. It's six issues. And, um, you know, Lando and Lobot are tasked with stealing a ship. They don't know which ship they're stealing. It turns out it's like Palpatine's special cruiser that has all of his, like, Sith artifacts and everything on it. And, like, one of, you know, this this brother-sister duo that's working with Lando on the job, they get possessed by some old Sith artifact. And it's kind of like... Um, uh, it's kind of, it's, there's aspects of like the thing in there where mm-hmm. you don't know like who's possessed at the time. And there's certain horror aspects in that story now that I think about it. And that's the best arc that Marvel has done. Um, they've done some cool stuff with the Star Wars brand, but that is hands down the best run on that book. And that was, that had some more horror elements. Spin it again. Well, gents, you know, I find it interesting that you, that you brought up comics because I feel like comics are maybe the worst form of telling a horror story. There's something that gets lost in the fear factor by doing it in a comic book, whether up like comparing it to certainly a movie or a TV show or even a regular novel because with a novel, you are left much more to your own imagination for a lot of the details. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a comic book, like you see it, there's obviously there's no audio that goes along with it. Music can be a big thing or just other sounds. And comics like are probably the least scary. Like, I don't know if I've ever truly read a scary comic book. Yeah, one that was unsettling. Even... Yeah, I, I don't think even like the 30 Days of Night stuff, that was uh, real the big. The movie and, was way scarier than the comic book. Yeah, the like the premise of 30 Days of Night, I think is pretty scary. Yeah, right, exactly. But it's it's the medium that doesn't allow for it, yeah. the limitations I f- of it. I feel like you can only draw something so scary, mm-hmm. and then you're just not... It takes away... Frightening uh, It anyone. takes away a lot of the imagination because it is such a visual medium movies are too but there's a there's different ways you can obscure stuff and you can you know build the ambiance and the mood with music and sound effects that comics just don't have even even video games have an edge on comic books where you're because it's so interactive and you're placing yourself in that world i've scared myself a number of times sometimes on the podcast, uh, talking about the Resident Evil game that came out last year, um, and sometimes just with regular old PlayStation One graphics, mm-hmm. uh, Silent Hill, Resident you, Evil, those type of things. It's it's just the interactivity of those games that make right. it so frightening. The, and, it's you know, go ahead. Matt. I was just gonna say it's it's 
it's actually impossible to have a jump scare in a comic book. Yeah. That's such a big part of horror. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. Like, comic books were built, or at least partially built, on, like, the scares and horror books and all the old EC Tales from the Crypt yeah. stuff. Yep. I, maybe it's just because... At this point, we've been this generation of comic book readers has been in, engrossed in so much visual culture, mm-hmm. TVs, movies, all all those different things. And right. back in the forties and fifties, you know, kids were just kind of getting TV, and I, I guess it was just a completely different time. I don't think you're gonna get jump scares out of comic books, but you can absolutely have profound horror elements like we were talking about before we started recording when they killed Glenn in The Walking Dead. Yeah. That is a horror book and that is a horror element. And like that's that's played out. I mean that's just as indelible for all of us yep. as our favorite horror movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like they're not maybe it's not the traditional jump scare or you know setting like the mood like Jaws does for the, the bulk of that movie before you see the shark. Um, but there are ways and and comic books to have traditional horror elements that really make an impact. Spin that wheel, baby. Josh Donaldson, are fast zombies acceptable? If so, under what circumstances? Yes. Yes, they are. Under the circumstance of the remake of Dawn of the Dead, all of their suck. You didn't like 28 Days Later? Fast? Fucking hate that movie. That's no? okay. <laughs> funny, because I love 28 Days Later. <laughs> it's... It it wouldn't be right if I didn't fucking Did hate you see it. World War Z. Yes, I hated that too. I didn't love the like wall of zombies coming at you. The CG wall. <laughs> the of CG zombies. in World War Z looked really bad. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. I did, however, like the at the end of the movie when Brad Pitt's making his way through the lab. Those were some legitimate scares, but all that, all that. Other zombie nonsense was stupid. Um, I'll I'll take a fast moving zombie, but under the right circumstances, um, not not the wall of zombies. Some some quick moving zombies here and there. I so- guess under traditional definition, they can be they can still be zombies if they're quick moving. But I don't I don't consider the twenty eight days later infected as zombies. I don't consider the World War Z zombies. As zombies, even though that's what the Z and World War Z stands for. <laughs> what do for. you consider them then? Just like infected. There's some other thing. Like zombies are like what we see in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. They're slow moving. The only time they're dangerous are in big packs. Mm-hmm. You know, they right. eat brains and people. Like that's that's zombies. Zombies aren't fast moving. If they're fast moving, if they can run, I think there's something else. Mm. Like. It doesn't the movie after Dawn of the Dead, like they they start to think, and they start to use tools. What was oh Day of the Dead? Yeah, that's it's it takes place in Pittsburgh. I Land think. of the Dead. Yeah, that's they were they were thinking. That's something else. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's something else entirely. Um, Although like they I were slow moving. I remember liking but Dawn quick of the thinking. Dead with Phil Dunphy. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they moved kind of fast in that, right? They totally they ran. They yeah, ran. They ran after that like big truck at the end. That, and you know what? In Zombieland, they ran, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think we have uh, uh, at least two thumbs up on fast-moving zombies. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go thumbs down. I think if you're, if, if you're running... You classify as something else. Well, I don't know, man. Like I, I could, I want to say the things in Twenty Eight Days Later were okay. You don't want to call them zombies, fine. But I feel like Dawn of the Dead and Zombie Land; those are still zombies. Those are just running zombies. It's just a different way of doing it. Like it, those to me feel like the reanimated dead, and they just happen to be great runners. Okay. To uh, two, four, one against. Why don't we do one last question? Those are the fans? only two. Those are the only two that I'm for, though. I'm generally against. I even have a T-shirt that says "No Running Zombies." You better fucking throw it out. <laughs> Why? Because I like those two movies. No, because you vote zombies can run. Just two times. Two times out of infinite. So no, then, Josh Donaldson. <laughs> Matt says no. One more, one more question to wrap up. McSauce Tober 2017. Who's it gonna be? Here we go. I'm gonna spin. Do it real hard. We got Peter Harmich's question. Was there ever a scary movie that any of you watched that scared the bejesus out of you? The bejesus. So much that you couldn't watch the movie again. If so, what movie? The Grudge. <coughs> I watched it once. I've never gone back. I've yeah. never seen that. Um, not, nothing that I never watched it again. The Ring scared me really bad. We went to the theater. Me and my wife went to the I didn't theater. Like, I didn't like The Ring either. One night, and we were all alone, and I remember it was a cold, a cold night where we were leaving the theater, and it was an empty parking lot, and I'm pretty sure we sprinted to the car and jumped in and peeled out because we were fucking frightened. Yeah, I watched The Ring again, but reluctantly. I, so I think the ring would also be on that list. Like I'm not, I will. I'm never going to sit down. Like this last week, I was looking for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre to watch. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, if like Nightmare on Elm Street's on, I'll I'll watch it. But I will never purposefully search out the ring or the Grudge to watch. Yeah, I I own it because I really liked it, man. It was super scary. Um, but I've only watched it a handful of times. So, but I don't really rewatch Halloween movies or scary movies. So, because you're a pussy. Sure. No, it's it's amazing because one of the things that makes a horror movie so effective is the, you know the, the uncertainty of how it's going to play out. Yeah. Because you know any character can die. As a matter of fact, it's likely that they will die, 
And if the movie does a good job making you actually give a crap about the characters, like that just amps up the tension. And once you know how it's going to play out, like that's a, that's, you know, 50% of the enjoyment right there out the window. Mm -hmm. When I saw, um, it the second time I liked it less because I knew it was going to happen. Even though I loved that movie. Hmm. Um, but to answer your question, the only movie that is jumping to mind is uh, Hellraiser 3, which I saw when I was quite young. And there was a sequence in it where I think like there was a group of people at a, at a club or something and chains kind of like go over the doors and if people can't escape and everybody gets murdered that's in this place. And there was like no escape. And I remember I was probably like 15, you know, almost outside of trick or treating age. And I was freaking scared. And I was like, this was the scariest thing I ever saw. I have a feeling if I watched it now, I would think it's dumb. Yeah. I think Hellraiser three featured a Cenobite that spit like CDs at people or something like that. Uh, yeah. Had See, some kind of disc. Right. Kill shot. Now, now I saw that before I saw Freddy versus Jason, which I liked at the time, just to put it all into perspective. Yeah. So chances are it's probably not very scary. <laughs> well, I always like I always remembered Phantasm as being really scary. Yeah, I remember. And then that I watched too. it again in my like late twenties and was like, Oh, this is really fucking stupid. Did you know the JJ Abrams bad robot? like remastered that original movie and JJ Abrams is like the biggest fucking Phantasm fan. Hmm. And that's the reason Phantasm, that's the reason Captain Phasma is named Phasma because of his adoration, boner. his boner, his J oh, she's all silver like the silver ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Small world, Star Wars horror. Not allowed <laughs> on the McSauce podcast. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Do you guys have any final words on McSauce-tober 2017? Yeah, I'd like to apologize to the to the listeners. Uh, you were probably looking forward to the uh, third annual Murder House trip. And uh, we actually decided to cancel it this year due to inclement weather. We didn't want to deal with... Um, the tsunami that was outside again we did it last year in the rain and we wanted to walk the house this year we wanted to walk around it and weather did not permit so we apologize um rest assured we're gonna do it next year come rain or shine hopefully shine we'll go in the daytime (laughs) but Uh, anyway yeah yeah. so it, it just didn't work out this year so we're we're sorry I just want to say a big thank you to all the fans that participated all month long and all all the time with the Mixos Comic Book Podcast. You guys really make doing this show a lot of fun. You add a lot of value to the product that we put out there, and uh, it 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 really is uh, it's it's good to see people interact with us and have have such passionate ideas about the things that we. Uh, that we talk about here on the show. So big shout out to all the fans as always. Ian, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.